Welcome in. This is a bonus episode of the How to Buy a Home podcast. That's because I was scheduled to do my 2021 housing market forecast. But during the holiday break at the end of 2020, so many of you suddenly had the same question. I decided it's time to answer it. Let's answer that today. What's happening, gang? Welcome to the How to Buy a Home podcast. I am David Sedoni, the How to Buy a Home guy. It's a little bit after New Year's Day as I record this, so Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year to my frequent flyers, you regular listeners out there soaking up all the podcast knowledge. What's cracking, gang? And if you're new, welcome. Feel free to listen up today, or you can go to the intro episode. That's the top of the bottom of the feed. You get the details on how to use this specific podcast to answer your specific questions. Don't forget to subscribe there. You're going to get all the 2021 forecast, which will be coming out a little bit later. But as I mentioned at the top, we're putting that on hold Because, well, during the holiday break, the most common thing I heard in the last two to three weeks, besides, you know, thank God that 2020 is ending, was many first-time buyers asking the question that I have heard many, many, many times in my 15 years helping first-time home buyers, both here and over the past couple years all across the country. The big question is timing the move around the end of a lease. Now, I get it. It seems like a no-brainer. Dude, I still get a few more things in order. You told me to do all this planning, so I'm doing all that planning. And that date in June, July, September, October, that's a perfect date for me to shoot for. So I'm busting my butt to save up for this. So why would I even contemplate paying to get out of a lease? I'm counting every single dollar. That's the whole plan. That's just wasting money. Not always. If you listen to the podcast, you might have a guess at what I'm going to say next. Do you think maybe if you're a regular listener, you know what thing might affect buying your first house? Say it with me now. Astrology. No, of course not. It's timing. Timing affects everything in real estate. Location, location, location is great, but it's all about timing. To know if breaking your lease and buying a home before your lease is up is going to lose you money, and I understand that's the logical assumption, or whether it's going to save you money, well, that involves history and math. Deal with it. School had some value, and now is the time that you accept that. All right, before we jump into the history and the math, let's talk about the psychology of the lease end date. Yes, as we mentioned earlier, we, that's me and the other people in the room doing the podcast, which is no one. Logically, there is a simple financial aspect to breaking the lease. But think of it this way. Would you take $2,000 less on your car trade-in if you could buy the next one for $20,000 off its valued price? See, I'm using math to change your thinking. Okay, so back to the root psychology of the lease on the whole. Waiting out your lease can sometimes seem prudent, and that's because it's a concept that you are comfortable with. This is the cycle that you and your friends all grasp. It's something that you've been doing for a while. 
it's pretty much, you know, your first step into adulting is renting and working with the landlord. When you're a young adult budgeting and, you know, those adult things versus trying to budget the fun things in your life, it can be a very delicate balance. So a lot of people live pretty close to paycheck to paycheck without a ton of savings. You know, you make enough to cover your rent and fun stuff to do, and then you do it again next month and the month after that. So when you're living a life like that, you're trained to see the end of a lease as kind of a normal milestone, one you might have to save up for, because if you're going to move out and go someplace else, you're going to need a first and last deposit if you're moving. Or if you're going to stay in the same place, you have to be ready to change your budget in case there's a rent increase. It's been your harsh annual reminder that you're growing up and you're heading into adulting, so you mark that date and it becomes a date that you just understand. But sometimes a date like that, it's not necessarily that milestone date. It's kind of like a New Year's resolution, you know, because here we are in the new year. If you know, let's say you're in the middle of the year and it's August and you know that you're starting to gain weight. You've just been, I don't know, stuck at home during the middle of a global pandemic eating pints and pints of ice cream. Well, why wait till January 1st to start eating better and work out? I mean, seriously, come on. Why not start in August? I mean, especially when you know you're going to chow down in November and December. So you might as well start your program now instead of just looking at that arbitrary date in the future, which is, you know, based on some calendar, based on the lunar movements around our planet. That really has nothing to do with you and your financial well-being. Okay, let's get out of the Freudian emotional roots and back into math time. I know that some of you think that this is like a first grade math problem. Because why would anyone throw away money to break a lease to then go out and buy something more expensive? Because sometimes you actually save more than you lose. And I'm talking save lots more. And it all depends on, say it with me now, gang, timing. All right, simple math part one. If you wait till the end of your lease, let's say that's a, an extra four months before you buy your first home and your rent is $2,000 a month. Well, that means that you threw away $8,000 in the toilet while you waited while breaking your lease would have only cost you $2,000. Simple math part two. Did you know that when you buy a home, you get 30 free days living in your new home before they make you pay for it? Yes, 30 free days for you to work collect your paychecks, and make some money, fill up your bank account before they ask to pay that first mortgage payment. Here's how it works. As a renter, to pay for a roof over your head in, let's say, March, you pay your rent ahead. So on the 1st of March, you give them all your money, and that payment pays for the upcoming 31 days in March. If you pay a mortgage... You pay for March on April 1st. So you live there all during March. And then you pay on April 1st to pay back for the previous, in that case, it's actually 31 days in March. So basically renting, you pay up front at the start of the month. And in a mortgage, you pay at the end of the month for the 30 or 31 days you just lived there. Ha <laughs> ha you confused? That's why your phone has a quick we rewind button. Ooh, try saying that fast. Quick we wind button. So when you buy a home, here's how it works. Let's say you're closing on February 15th. 
at that closing, that's the, the day that the house becomes yours, you pay your down payment and your other closing costs. Now, you're also going to pay ahead the only time you do in your mortgage for the remaining 13 days of February. So you close on the 15th and then you pay the 16th to the 28th as part of your closing costs. Now, whenever you close and whatever month you do that, you do the same thing. You pay the remaining days of whatever month that you close with your down payment, your closing. So now that you have the keys and you move in on the 15th of February in this little sample scenario or whatever month you do, that means that month that you move in, that's handled. It's done. So you're moving in, you invite all your friends over and you beg them to bring food since you just spent all your money on the down payment and you got to eat top ramen and mac and cheese because you're out of dough. Well, then you're having fun. March 1st comes around in this example we're doing right now. Relax, no payment. So that means now you get to work through the entire month of March with no huge payment like you usually pay on the first of every month. So you're banking money from February 15th to March 31st. Like six weeks of just banking without a big rent payment. Imagine how much more money you would have right now if you could have skipped last month's rent payment. You see, now you have shifted to paying after your 30 days of habitation in the home that you own instead of when you were renting when you paid before the next 30 days that you were going to be living there. So going back to the uh, little example here, March 1st comes around. You've already paid for those February days at the closing. You've lived there a couple weeks. Now it's March 1st, no payment due. You live for 30 days, making money and saving money with no payment until April 1st. All right, if you don't get that, listen to that a few times. I know it sounds freaky deaky, but that's why you listen to the podcast. It's to get all these cool hacks. And just take the first couple I've given you, and the math is pretty simple. So the first thing we talked about was getting in earlier because you start paying yourself sooner. And your four months of rent that you were going to do because you really wanted to finish out your lease, it goes into an asset for you instead of your landlord. Thus, you're actually making money in the long run. And the second thing we just talked about that you've probably rewound and listened to multiple times is you get 30 days rent-free or mortgage to make money. And then you can make up for that lease break penalty. So you can start paying yourself way sooner with no penalty to your monthly budget. All right, you got that? Let that all sink in. Go ahead, hit rewind. I've been doing this 15 years, and I know that many of you have a glazed look in your eyes right now. So go ahead, rewind. I'll be here when you get back. Cool. You got it now? All right. Now for the real big fat numbers. For those of you who DM me, texted me, emailed, or called over the winter break, those of you guys who were ready to buy right now, you know, in 2021, but you're going to wait until your lease is up in, you know, August or October. Some of you even said, I'm going to wait till November or December because that's when my lease is up. First of all, and hear me big on this one. Listen up. If you've been planning and you think that you're six months or a year out from buying your first home, you should have your full real estate team in place today. Do not do this alone. I've said it before. A plane traveling from LA to New York City is off course 90% of the time. 
It's the computer giving the little corrections along the way that keep it on course in that scheduled time. So here's the question. Do you think that you have the skills and the knowledge of an airplane computer in this analogy? No, and you shouldn't. That's not your job. That's your realtor and your lender's job. You need guidance. There ain't no shame in that. That's the whole point. That's why we hire wonderful professionals in our life. But mostly, if you're one of my people out there thinking that 2021 is your time, let's get the history subject mixed with the math subject to see how the numbers really shape out. The forecast for 2021, which is using our history and our housing data from the past, it's actually looking like housing will continue to go up in 2021. You heard me right. I said continue, as in prices went up 7 to 9% across the country in the crap show that was 2020. And the third and fourth quarter sales of that hell year 2020, they're looking to close out 20% higher than 2019. Yep. You heard me. During a jacked up and scary election time and a freaking global pandemic, those are the numbers. So that's a real quick cliff notes on the history, which leads us to the math and the analysis. If you take the 2021 housing forecast from even the most conservative economic people, you're going to get an average middle of the road forecast that says that prices are probably going to go up 5% in 2021. And that's, again, very conservative. We're taking people who are really negative and some of the optimistic people, and we're still coming up with a 5% average. Now, I'm going to go into detail on the 2021 forecast in the upcoming podcast, the one I was supposed to do today, but I had to talk about this because you all kept asking me about it. And we'll explain deeper the reasons behind the predictions for the increase in 2021. You don't want to miss that episode. Subscribe right now and it'll be coming up soon. But for now, let's roll with the numbers from these smart guys and use the numbers that I've gathered in the last three months from these guys as well as other people, all of them, again, way smarter than me and smarter than the guy at your gym and probably smarter than, you know, your Uncle Harry who told you how to buy a house or that annoying lady from your yoga class. 5% increase in price. That's the number from the economists. So here's the math. Ready? 5% increase on a $350,000 house is $17,500. So that means that a six months of that 5% increase, be half of that, that'd be $8,750. So if you want to wait until October so you don't break your lease, You do have the option to buy in March, break the lease, pay $2,000 because you broke the lease, but your home is going to appreciate conservatively $8,750. That's the money you're going to make in equity. That's the profit to the home. So subtracting your lease break fee, you're still up $6,750. Now, let's remember, throw on top of that, that $2,000 a month for six months that you're not paying in rent, but rather you're putting it into a mortgage, which means you have now invested $12,000 into yourself by putting that money into the home. So just doing the simple math, the home went up $8,750, but it cost you two grand because you broke the lease. So that's $6,750. Plus, we're going to add the $12,000 of those six months that you put 
into the home because you get to keep that. And that's an asset, unlike light and fire money when you're renting. So that's 6750 plus 12000 That equals 18750 in the black. Now, if you're a faithful listener, you've heard about the gigantic mortgage tax, mortgage interest tax deduction. When you stop renting and you become a homeowner, you don't get that as a renter. You get that when you pay that mortgage. And I've talked to you guys about how you can hack the system to get that money up front throughout the year. So if you don't understand this, go back and listen to it. If you've listened and you know what's up, now you can tack on $400 a month that you're going to get as tax benefits as a homeowner. So 400 times six months, that's 2,400 more, taking your total to $21,150 that you will be gaining buying in March instead of renting through till October. Remember at the beginning, I talked about that car trade-in. What if you got $2,000 less on your trade-in? But if you took that $2,000 less, you would get $20,000 off the value of a new car. Oh, and by the way, in case you forgot, this whole point is moot because you get the 30 days free, mathematically speaking. The first 30 days, remember the forwards and backwards thing? Even without the timing which is the crucial part of this equation for 2021, from March to October, you have to think about the timing with interest rates being super low and with the equity going up in the home. Even without that timing, if the market was going the other direction or if interest rates were high, you still get 30 days free for you to make that money. So you would lose nothing. In fact, Like I said, even in a flat market with no appreciation, you're still going to get $12,000 that you put towards yourself instead of to a landlord, and you're going to get $400 a month in tax breaks. So even if I take the appreciation out of the equation, you're still up, what is that, $14,400. Okay, that's a lot of math. Is this giving you a headache yet? Are you massively confused? Don't be. You guys can do this. It just takes a little time to grasp it. Don't give up. Don't say it doesn't make sense for me. Without talking to a pro and grasping the true economic situation for you, your specific situation, if you try to just figure it out on your own, you're like someone has a stomach ache and says, oh, I have pancreatic cancer. You went online, looked up a couple things and decided that. You're like someone who doesn't talk to a specialist, a doctor, and you self-diagnose. Well, doctor, how to buy a home guys here to give you the facts and the hacks on all the numbers and most importantly, 2021 timing. And now you're thinking, okay, doctor, bitching, thanks for waking me up and getting me past the fear of a lease break. So now what the hell do I do? All right, let's start at the beginning. Reverse engineer your savings plan. Don't start with, I'm just going to squirrel away money, keep my head down. I'm going to save and I'm just going to pay down my debt. Well, how and to what and what's your process and how much are you going to pay it down? What's the end goal? Don't do any of this without a map. You can't figure out exactly how much you're going to save if you don't know exactly how much that's supposed to be. Can't figure out, I'm going to save 10% so I can get X amount if the amount X is really just still X. You need to know that. So talk to someone. And, you know, whether you're two, three, four years out, 
and get a pro and they can help you reverse engineer it so you're doing it efficiently in the smartest and the best manner for you to help you to reach that goal. You need the best tactics, the tools and techniques to save. Budgeting can be tough, but yet if you know what you're doing and you realize how much you have to pay down the debt and how much you need to put in the savings, that'll turn you into the best possible borrower, which is what the bank looks at you when you're trying to buy a house. That turns you into the best possible borrower you can be. That's how they look at you. You're not a credit score. You're not a savings account. You're a entire entity, a borrower. And the way they look and figure out what a borrower is, that's kind of a complex algorithm. So your logical and reasonable thoughts of, you know, what that might be, what a bank thinks is a great person to give money to, it could be totally rational, totally sane, but totally wrong in the way the banks evaluate you when they're using their convoluted spreadsheet. You need to know what is the algorithm of a home buying borrower. That's where you need to be at. And do you have any clue how to do that? Do you have any clue what in the world that is? Have you tuned out completely and stopped listening to me? Hello? Stop looking at the people across the other side of the gym. Keep your eyes on the road. Look, some of you might know what's going on. Some of you I might have woken up from a brain coma because that information just lulled you to sleep. Well, Sometimes there are logical steps at work, but if you're going to do it, you might as well do it with the guidance of a pro. It's free. It can cut your renting time in half. Even if you think you're doing everything right, there's probably a bunch of things you can do better with the right guidance. Listen to episode 33. You'll hear a real life story from some first time homebuyers who figured this out. Lots of things in this process take time. So I hate to be that guy. You know, that authority figure spitting out all the responsible tasks that you should be doing instead of just being out there living your best life. I get it. It's boring crap sometimes. But if you take a few minutes and you just plan just a few minutes a day, then you're going to be able to do more fun things later on because you're going to be able to afford more events, trips, parties, nights outs, traveling, buying useless junk from the internet. Imagine if you had been putting money towards a living asset as opposed to just throwing money away at rent, how much crap you could buy from the internet with all your profits. And if you think you can never get ready quickly enough, if you're overwhelmed with the thought of repairing your credit or working within a budget to start your savings or reducing your debt, and you assume you need the that extra time in your lease that you're like, it's just too much, Dave. I can't handle it, man. I need this time to get everything all in order. Well, most of the time, the biggest reason that you hear that it took people a long time to get all these adulting things in order, it's not because of the duration of time that doing it actually takes. It's simply because they started too late. They heard this information, they knew about it, but there's an enormous gap between the time when they heard the information versus when they actually start the date and start doing it. So it didn't take them a long time. It just took them a long time from when they heard about it to actually get the action steps happening. You got to follow a plan. You got to do it with a pro. And it's that simple. You just have to start. And if you start, your time to do what other people said took a year might take you three months. If you do that now, 
You know, now that you're armed with all the tools, the links, the apps, and the information in both audio and written form, then this will happen to you a lot quicker than you think. Most people have a giant obstacle in front of them that keeps them from starting. And that's just they can't find the starting line. Well, newsflash, you're here. Put on your track shoes. On the track. You have the entire path right in front of you. And it's in the form of the previous podcast episode's content and resource links. It's in the other places that I've told you to go research to help you with saving and debt consolidation. The biggest obstacle is just starting. And what stops you from starting misinformation and unfounded fear? Well, you got that beat. This is a saying when I'm trying to get people to figure out how to do these things that feel overwhelming to them. Look, you're going to get it done. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. There's another saying in real estate. It's that if buyers think they're ready to do this in six months, they'll probably be ready in three. And if it's longer than six months, the actual date is shorter the longer you think you are out. So what I mean is if you think you're three years out, but you started a guided plan today, you'll probably be ready to start the process in one year. Things get cut shorter when you're working with an efficient plan. The number one thing I hear all the time is I wish I had started this earlier. You know, I'll be working with first-time buyers and they'll say, man, David, once I got all this information, I'd look back and I realized I could have done this one, two, even three years ago, but I was so scared and I kept renting and basically lit my money on fire when I could have been building my own wealth instead of building my landlord's wealth. And look, you don't believe me? They talk to me and they tell that to me. And I listened because go back and listen to my personal story about me when in the, my 20s, all the money I gave to somebody else. That's why I started the podcast. This is my mission. It's a passion project. If you're listening to this, perhaps you're just curious. And this is just a great place for you to get some ideas because you want to use this stuff down the road. But chances are, I know a lot of you have been flying out there without a pilot, sailing your boat without a rudder, TikToking, but you never took a dance class. You are here because you've been thinking about this and trying to do all the right things on your own. And you haven't had any professional guidance, except for maybe your parents or your relatives who might have some outdated ideas, not because they're bad people, because they haven't done this in a while. Or maybe you picked up a few tidbits while you were Googling. That's cool. I applaud you for it. Great to do your research. But let's transform you into somebody seeking in the dark into what you want to be. An informed, empowered, educated buyer who learns all the facts and the hacks and doesn't get ripped off. A savvy buyer who gets the most out of the stupid high rent money that you're going to be throwing away every month anyway. So talking about a lease, in summary, what do we learn today? One, timing is everything. Two, math and history are your friends. Three, rent forward, mortgage backwards. And four, using that timing, breaking your lease could actually save you money in 2021. All right, if this episode hit home, if you're completely baffled, and you have questions and need someone to explain this to you, hit me up on Instagram at David Sedoni. You can also join the How to Buy a Home Facebook group, or you can contact me through my website, davidsedoni.com. For all your readers out there, there are transcriptions of every single episode, and there's a blog there. 
Uh, if you're more of a video person, check us out on YouTube. That's David Sedoni on YouTube. But you can always go to the website, davidsedoni.com. Send me an email. You can be like one of the uh, 62 people who hit me up during holiday break and said, my lease is up in October. What do I need to do? Well, you need to find a pro and buy a house in April. That's what I think. So did you learn something today? Cool. Subscribe and help us out. Review the podcast wherever you can, and it'll help other people find the podcast and get them started on the journey. If you still don't have a unicorn, a pro team helping guide you, reach out to me and let me help you get started. We got people all over the nation. No more excuses for you. No more incorrect facts holding you back. I hope that you heard the information today to tell you that you're closer than you think. Don't tell me you can't do this because you know what? You can do this.